0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports
1: Today. Michael Thomas catching passes from Jameis Winston means what for his fantasy value? The Yankees might hate the Subway Series, but they just got some help. And Russell Wilson went to work on Wednesday. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The last time we saw Michael Thomas on the field for the New Orleans Saints was December of 2020. But on Wednesday, he was back out at practice. Can't guard Mike was back in full effect. Joining me now from Locked On Dynasty, Marcus Mosher and Marcus. Uh, this has trickle down effects all across the Saints offense. Let's talk specifically about Michael Thomas. How do we get any concept of how to value him from a fantasy perspective this season, considering we haven't seen him in 18 plus months?
2: And it's really tough because we've never really seen a play with Jameis Winston, right? Almost all of his early career production was with Drew Brees. Now he did play pretty well with Teddy Bridgewater, but those are completely different quarterbacks than Jameis Winston. Uh, How much has Michael Thomas lost since his injury, I have no idea. I've, I've been taking a wait-and-see approach in my redraft, in my dynasty leagues, and I would advise you to you do, do, do the same until we actually see him on the field playing with Jameis Winston.
1: The surrounding pieces matter here, too, because the last time we saw Michael Thomas, it was the Michael Thomas show. There wasn't... Uh, the the kinds of ancillary pieces that they have now. The Saints invested heavily in Chris Olave. They invested heavily in Jarvis Landry. And so I I guess I'm wondering how someone has faith in any of these guys to be particularly productive or for anyone to have any sort of confidence that they know what roles these players are going to fill.
2: I will say the one thing that's that's good that's come from Michael Thomas being back on the practice field is it's driven Chris Olave's price down. And he's the one player I want in this offense anyways. The the Saints basically paid like a quarterback price to go get him, right? And they were so ecstatic to add him to the offense. And Peter, if you look at this offense right now, it is really slow. Like Michael Thomas was already slow before the injuries. Jarvis Landry is a slow receiver. Even Marquez Callaway, not particularly fast. The one guy that can stretch the field is Chris Olave. And we know that Jameis Winston, the one thing he does well is throw the ball down the field. He's the guy that I want in this offense, and we've already seen Chris Olave's ADP drop in the last couple days. I think he's a good player to go by right now.
1: If you're trying to say, okay, I think there's upside in, in Michael Thomas because although Sean Payton is not there, a lot of the same coaches remain intact there. We assume it's going to be something similar to what we've seen over the last few seasons, I I, I think you can make the case that there is value there. How do you you think the best approach would be in, in redraft on where you think, okay, this is where I think all of a sudden his value makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I think when we get to a spot where you don't necessarily have to rely on him week to week, right? I mean, just a couple of years ago, this was the consensus wide receiver one in fantasy, but we've got to a point now where I only want to play him when the matchup makes sense so to me I start taking kind of matchup pieces seventh eighth round anytime before that I'm just going to take a receiver that I know has a higher floor than Michael Thomas because again it's just far too risky to believe that he's going to have the same role and he's going to maintain the same efficiency and he's going to be the number one red zone target for this offense
1: the one player that we mentioned who is not a receiver whose fantasy value I think this affects is Jameis Winston. So with with these pieces, you mentioned the price that they paid to go up and get Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us assume, myself included, that Jarvis Landry, that that signing was a hint that Michael Thomas was maybe going to be ready later instead of sooner. So how do you think this this potentially buoys the Winston value?
2: Yeah, I think Jameis Winston's one of my favorite late round quarterbacks to grab in fantasy right now. He's being drafted as quarterback 21, quarterback 22 in redraft leagues. And that's a steal. Like, if you just want to wait and grab somebody like Winston in the 15, 16 round, I think that makes so much sense. We saw last year 14 interceptions and three, or sorry, 14 touchdowns and three interceptions in just five games. We're going to see him pass the ball way more than he did last year. So if he can average about 250 yards a game, close to two touchdowns, all of a sudden you have somebody who has legitimate QB1 upside.
1: Stay up to date on fantasy football by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, how the New York Yankees turned Wednesday into a positive after losing their second straight to the Mets. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puff it is light it is airy the marshmallow in there which is a protein infused marshmallow the collagen protein that is better for your body in terms of absorption it gets in there quickly and does its job collagen also good for your skin your eyes a lot of different things and yet They deliver on the macros by giving you something delicious, delicious for just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein. You are going to love these things, but they are not going to last long. So you got to go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: It was a trade proposal that woes or shams didn't have to break. The United States has officially presented an offer to Russia that would bring home Brittany Griner. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken did not offer details on the proposed deal outlined to the Russians, but a source familiar with the matter said the U.S. government has offered a trade of convicted arms dealer Victor Bout for Brittany Griner and another prisoner. Blinken's comments marked the first time the U.S. government has publicly revealed any concrete action it has taken to secure the release of Greiner, who was arrested on drug-related charges at a Moscow airport in February and testified Wednesday at her trial. Though it's unclear if the proposal will be enough for the Russians to release Greiner and the other American, this is an excellent sign for both Greiner and the other jailed American, Paul Whelan. The president and his team are willing to take extraordinary steps to bring them home, John Kirby, a White House national secretary spokesman, told reporters. Hopefully they can get that done. Some deal, any deal done sooner than later. The Live Invitational Series grows yet again. This time... They get a bubba bubba watson the two-time masters champion who at one point was ranked as high as the number two player in the world reportedly set to join the saudi back circuit watson has been sidelined since may due to a torn meniscus disclosing the injury after contending early at the pga championship before he finished a tie for 30th according to the telegraph watson will make his live debut in the event outside boston on labor day weekend LIV plays its second U.S.-based event at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, starting on Friday. Charles Howell III, Paul Casey, and Henrik Stenson, players who, like Watson, are in their 40s, will join 37-year-old Jason Kokrak in making their LIV debuts at Bedminster. Veteran linebacker K.J. Wright signed a ceremonial one-day contract Wednesday to retire as a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Wright's retirement ends an 11-year playing career that includes 10 seasons as a starter on the famed defenses that helped lead the Seahawks through the most successful stretch in franchise history. He rose from a fourth-round pick with a lanky build to one of the key members of Seattle's Legion of Boom defense. I would say the unsung hero of the Legion of Boom. Wright's resume includes a Pro Bowl after the 2016 season in the number three spot on the franchise's career tackles list. Mike Trout got some bad news on Wednesday. Los Angeles Angels athletic trainer Mike forstad revealed the reason for Trout's absence since July 12th has been due to a rare spinal condition. Trout is adamant his career is far from over, though. After receiving a cortisone injection last week, he says he's seen results. He'll have a follow-up visit next week, and they'll decide how to proceed. When asked if the Angels have considered shutting Trout down for the season, Forsad said, I don't think we're at a point where we're going to make that decision. But the Angels are back on the field looking good after back-to-back shutout wins.
3: For the second day in a row, the Angels shut out the Kansas City Royals. I can't remember the last time they've done that two days in a row, let alone win two games in a row. What's going on, everybody? It's John from Locked On Angels. The, the Halos take this one 6 to nothing, off a pitching performance from Jansen Junk, who went a career-high five innings and got a career-high eight strikeouts. That was great to see. He just got recalled from AAA and he made a great spot start today for the Halos. In fact, over the last four games, Angels starting pitchers have pitched 20 innings and have only given up one earned run. That was between the Braves and the Royals. The same couldn't be said about the bullpen. That's why we lost uh, to (laughs) to the Royals in the first game. But all that to say, the Halos did very, very well. Six to nothing. We saw some RBIs from Brandon Marsh and Phil Gosselin and some great defense from Magniera Sierra and so we are just excited to head back to Anaheim and take on the Rangers this weekend with Shohei Otani on the mound but it feels good to take this series two to one, especially after that first game where it just seemed like a disaster. The Halos did great on Wednesday, and Mike and I are going to break it all down for you on Locked On Angels on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts where it's your team every day.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: We had a thriller in the Subway Series last night the Mets walking off the Yankees three to two with some clutch. Hitting. Joining me now from locked on Yankees, Stacey Gatsoulias and, and Stacy. I know the subway series is your favorite and we're going to talk about that in a second. But this is another game that the Yankees have not been able to put together enough, either pitching or hitting to get themselves a victory. They've been in a little bit of a lull here in July. How concerned are you about the way that this team has been playing over the last few weeks?
0: I'm concerned, but I'm not that concerned because they still have a double-digit lead in the division. Um, They would have to start doing really badly for them to blow that lead. Um, But yet, July's just been a a rough month for them. Um, The things that were working for them earlier in the season, pitching and hitting, are not quite working for them the way they were. Uh, But I'm not that worried yet. I'll stress the yet.
1: Well, they also get some reinforcements. Um, the the news broke right after the game that they are bringing in uh, Royals, uh, Andrew Benintende, a former Red Sox. Always funny when those two things come together. Uh, what is what does he potentially bring to this lineup that that maybe they need?
0: Um I guess he brings offense, right? Uh, They kind of need an outfielder that hits. They have Judge, he hits. They have Stanton, he's injured. But they needed someone to play the outfielder. He hits a little bit too. Yeah, um, because Joey Gallo's not doing anything. Um, You know, defensively, he's okay, but he cannot hit. Um, Just, it's sad to watch because I really was hoping that he would turn things around this season. There wouldn't be as much pressure on him and he just can't turn it around. So it'll be interesting to see um, what Ben Intendi brings to the Yankees but you know his name was linked to them pretty much for the last 2 months so it's not a shocking move um i'm just more shocked that the Yankees actually did it if that makes sense i'm just surprised by that and the timing just because of what happened last night it's kind of funny that that happened
1: it's also interesting because it is it was the, the bullpen um that that uh blew this game although it has been a very strong bullpen over the course of the season uh if if This is the move. Is that enough?
0: No. I will say that right now. No, they definitely need at least a starter or at least a bullpen piece. They need some sort of pitcher. So no, that is not enough, at least for me. And I know other people also, but definitely for me, I need at least two moves by them for me to be satisfied with this trade deadline.
1: Well, the good news is I only care what you think because we're talking right now. And so that's the important thing for me, Stacey. Um, This is a a rivalry that I'm not sure every Yankees fan thinks is a rivalry. We have some sports uh, rivalries that are like that. Um, And I I have a sneaking suspicion you are not super into this rivalry.
0: No, not anymore. It was fun the first I would say the first five to 10 years of the subway series, because, you know, they never played only in that exhibition game that they won that fake mayor's trophy. And it used to upset Steinbrenner whenever the Yankees lost, even though it was an exhibition game. So those first few years of the subway series, you know, I had tickets where I was always at the subway series and it really was a lot of fun and really intense. But it's been nearly 25 years of it now, and it's just not as fun as it was at the beginning. I feel like there needs to be a five year break. No playing the Mets at all nothing and then go back to it and it might be exciting again
1: well the 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 problem with that is they might play the Mets in the world series this year stacy
0: let's not talk about that i don't want to think about that i already i lived through 2000 that was too much for me i can't do it again
1: Stay up to date on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Yankees podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Locked On has the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online, and it's all on Locked On NFL. Check out Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Coming up, Russell Wilson got to work on day one of Broncos camp. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The favorites to win the American League are two. BetOnline has the New York Yankees at plus 150 to win the junior circuit with the Astros right behind them at plus 225. The next closest team in odds to win the AL are the Blue Jays at plus 800. In other words, not even close. Meanwhile, the National League has three favorites. Bet online likes the Dodgers plus one fifty to win the NL. The New York Mets plus three fifty. The Atlanta Braves just behind them at four to one. They're the only other teams that are better than eleven to one. Bet online where the game starts. Russell Wilson making his Broncos debut at training camp. Even wore his own jersey. The rarely seen own jersey wear. Good for him. Our own Cody Rourke from Locked on Broncos was there to take it all in. And Cody joins me now. Cody, what have been your impressions of Russ? Now we get to see him actually on the field in training camp and and put through his paces.
4: Well, so around a 10.05 a.m. mountain time this morning, we were able to see Russell Wilson, but he was actually on the field earlier at 5.02 a.m. this morning, full gear, padded up, going through a walkthrough with some of his teammates, some of the younger guys, the undrafted guys, and some of the late-round wide receiver additions, really trying to get them on the same page. So, I mean, it was a a good day for Russ. He came out. The ovation was as loud as I've heard it been since since Peyton Manning, which, you know, there hasn't been a lot of quarterback excitement to get people to cheer for, but Russ went out there. And you know what? It's going to take a little bit of time for this offense to gel together. Russ looked good, but the defense for Denver looked really good today.
1: What do you think he brings in terms of improvement at the quarterback position above what used to be there? What is the most important thing that he's going to bring?
4: He gives you a dynamic from the pocket, smart quarterback play, and he understands how to maneuver out of the way. I mean, there were several plays where Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed, Baron Browning were kind of creating pressure, and he just dips up underneath and throws it. I mean, he understands how to maneuver the pocket. Denver hasn't had that. They've had a lot of guys they call statues at quarterback back in the backfield where when pressure comes, it, they kind of collapse a little bit, and they're scared. They're timid. Russ is not afraid to throw the ball and to find uh, you know, his, his bearings there, and that's one thing that was on display here in day one at Broncos camp. He maneuvered outside of a Malik Reed sack and threw a touchdown pass to Eric Saubert in the red zone period. He looks very sharp, and, and look, even the offense, no pads are on just yet. So it's like, okay, everything's contact, two-hand touch in a sense we'll get a little bit of a better vibe as to how everything goes, especially on the offensive line protection-wise for us once the pads come on.
1: I know it's early and we haven't had a chance to really see it on the field uh, much yet, but it's not just a new quarterback in Denver. It's the new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, as well. What do you think he brings and what have you seen in terms of a difference this year versus what this team has been in years past?
4: Well, you're very familiar with Nathaniel Hackett and his approach, how he coaches guys. And it's been very positive, well-received in this Broncos locker room, who had a different type of coach in Vic Fangio. But the thing with Hackett, he's got this ability to flip the switch. You know, he's very lovey on the guys, gives guys hugs. But then when they're out there on the field, they're in team, they're an individual, the flip switches. And his coaching hat is on. He's teaching. He's very good at instructing and working at and explaining things. And this is a coaching staff, too, that under his vision, they're going to teach players rather than drill it in their heads just in film. They're going to stop a play, and they're going to demonstrate that. He's been a very solid leader, and even he said for him, the foundation is in place for this Broncos team. They make it easier on him, but he says, you know what? We have to come out here, and we have to win games this upcoming season.
1: And finally, Aaron Rodgers had a response for Devontae Adams.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall
2: of Famer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Aaron was making a joke about Devontae Adams, comparing him and Derek Carr. But Aaron Rodgers also has supreme confidence in Alan Lazard. In fact, Alan Lazard's breakout game in 2019 on Monday Night Football came after Rodgers vociferously advocated for Lazard to get some more playing time as the Packers, who had been hit by the injury bug at receiver, were dealing with some inconsistent play at that spot. Lazard goes in, he catches a number of key plays, including a late touchdown uh, to help get the Packers back in that game. And he has been a steady force since then. On day one, he was wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers and looked good doing it. Don't be surprised if he has a good season. Now, Hall of Fame, okay, just a joke. But Alan Lazard is probably better than you realize. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what hilarious hijinks will ensue as camps get underway for the NFL? Probably some good stuff. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.